Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Harry and that's my fine wife, Beth. And we have something special today. We do. Our dear friends. Shout out. To Ralph and Sonia. Yes, 28 years. They've been married today. That's it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We've gotten to know them in the last yeah, year and a half. years. Mm-hmm. And they are really special friends. Happy anniversary, guys. Yes, amen. Today's Do Not Fear Scripture comes out of Matthew 10, 26. Matthew 10, 26 says, Do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Hallelujah. Wow. Somebody can talk about you behind your back, but it's coming out. On today's call. We're going to discuss, are you willing to be inconvenienced? So the question is, do you mind being inconvenienced? Does it irritate you when you are? Do you try to avoid it? Are you willing to be inconvenienced for someone you know and care about? How about a total stranger? Would you be willing to be inconvenienced if it's going to cost you time or money? Would the ethnicity or nationality of the person for whom you're being inconvenienced matter to you? Would the possibility of danger change your mind? What would other people, well, what would other people think about? Would it make a difference in your response? You may wonder where I'm going with these questions that we just asked. Actually, we're just trying to determine Whether or not you would qualify as a good Samaritan in the biblical story found in Luke chapter 10. We must never overlook the significant steps taken by the good Samaritan. Not only were the steps of the good Samaritan not convenient for him, it cost him something to be good. As we remember this teaching of the good Samaritan, now we're going to take a little different approach. Here are seven criteria for being a good Samaritan. First, <clears throat> you have to be no respecter of persons. In Luke 10.33, 10.33 in the New Living Translation, it says, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. In biblical times, it was commonly accepted that Samaritans hated Jews, and Jews hated the Samaritans. It might even surprise you to know that racial bigotry has actually thrived throughout history, unfortunately. The first criterion for being a good Samaritan is to help people regardless of their, that's why they call it the good Samaritan, race, ethnicity, religious background. You know, I'm reminded, probably going down a rabbit trail, babe, but I'm reminded of the thing I heard recently about Jesus with the man on the cross, of course, he knew everything. The man next to him said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He didn't say, okay, how religious have you been in your life? Or what have you done to help anybody else? You know what? It's just loving people. You remember that story about the Irish, I mean, the uh, English preacher and um, telling the story. <clears throat> and the uh, They were trying to figure out how this man got to heaven. And they asked him several questions, and he had no idea. 
They said, well, how'd you get here? He said, all I know is the man on the little cross said to me, mm-hmm. today you'll be with me. Hallelujah. On paradise. That's paradise. right. The point is, how would you respond to somebody in trouble? You just go help them. That's what you do. You just go help them. When you call the police, they don't say, hey, what side of the street do you live on? What color are you? All that mess. Second, a good Samaritan must have compassion. Luke 10.33. Luke 10.33 says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. The Greek word for compassion in this verse is the same Greek word used in Matthew 9.36, where Jesus had compassion on the multitudes. It's the same word we find in Matthew 14.14, where Jesus had compassion on the sick. It's the same word in the parable of the prodigal son, where the father had compassion on his son when he returned home. In the 12 times the Greek word for compassion is used, this most often describes the heart of our Savior. The message is here, the message here though seems, well, simple. We're to have the same kind of compassion that Jesus showed to everybody that he met. Third, a good Samaritan wants to help the helpless. Luke 10, 34. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The good Samaritan didn't walk on high like the priest and the Levite. He made a conscious decision to get involved, even though under normal circumstances, it's unlikely the person would have given the Samaritan the time of day. Fourth, the good Samaritan provided immediate assistance, in this case medical. Scripture says he bound up the wounds, pouring in oil and wine. In that day, oil and wine weren't cheap. They're only carried by those who had financial resources. So he was sharing something of value. Take care of this man. Amen. Fifth, the Good Samaritan didn't just give the man's wounds a quick fix and leave him alone. Scripture says he, quote, set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. The Samaritan walked to the nearest inn where he could have ridden himself, but instead he brought the man on his own beast. It says the scripture doesn't indicate how long the walk was, but probably we can tell you it wasn't that close because we've been on tour buses where it's, you know, shown the, and it's still desolate between the two areas where, you know, he was going down to Jericho coming up from. Point being is that it is a desolate landscape even today. So who knows how desolate was really back in biblical times. Six, the Samaritan ignored his own schedule to help someone else. It doesn't matter what was on the good Samaritan's day planner. It didn't matter how many sales calls he needed to make that day. Regardless of his schedule, he set aside his own personal agenda to further care for this man. Do we hesitate to get involved in the lives of others? to do something that's right simply because it's an inconvenience to our daily routine. That certainly was not the case of the Good Samaritan. 
That's right. Seventh, the Good Samaritan used his personal resources to provide the best care, not just some care, best care for someone he'd never even met, didn't even know. Not only that, he, you know, there is no guarantee that the man would speak to him under normal circumstances. Yet, the next morning, the Good Samaritan paid the innkeeper for two months lodging with a promise to cover any additional expenses that occurred. And that means that that gentleman needed a lot of rehabilitation. The Samaritan obviously had money, but he also had a good name and he earned the respect of those who read about his story in the Bible. He was obviously inconvenienced in a fairly significant way, but he didn't appear to think twice about helping out. It was just a matter of doing the right thing regardless of circumstances and the inconvenience it may have caused him. If, you're, if we're confronted with an opportunity to help someone like the Good Samaritan, would we have the heart or the funds to do it or would we just walk on the other side of the road? Sometimes even today, we have to, I have to admit truly, I have to admit that I'm in a hurry going somewhere or doing something. And there have been times truly when I just thought, oh, I should probably help out, but I got to get to the next place. You know, if I like, uh, there's a saying that says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And sometimes our busyness conflicts with what the Holy Spirit would be leading us to do. Well, the question posed in, That's right. in concluding the parable is the same one that we need to answer today. Luke 10, 36. 10.36. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The answer to the question is found in Luke 10.37 and provides a standard of conduct for every believer. Scripture says in the New Living Translation, the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Mm -mm. Go and, and do, do the, the same. As believers, we're to embody the character qualities and indeed the lifestyle of the Good Samaritan. Which will be a blessing to those we meet, whether it's inconvenient or not. Every believer is a witness of God's loving kindness, regardless of the timing or the circumstances. If I can say yesterday, my I'm going to do it. Oh, honey. My fine wife and I were driving through the mall, and we saw this elderly lady mm. walking with a walker. Yeah, well, with a cane. With she a cane. Was, she'd had a stroke. And she had all kinds of packages in her hand and was slowly moving across the street. And I observed that someone in the store that just sold her all that stuff should have offered to take it to her car. And next thing I know, you're pulling over. And you're getting out of the car. And you're walking in the middle of the street, taking all this lady's packages and walking her to her car. Now see, now my little um, reward that would be in heaven has now just been spread among men. And so I don't get that. I like putting Well, you will get it. Because hopefully <laughs> telling that story will provoke some other people. To be inconvenienced. You're very sweet. And help somebody like that. Well, the point is that we are blessed to be a blessing 
for people who might need help. Second Timothy 4.2, Classic Amplified gives us something to ponder. But it says, Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by at hand and ready where the opportunity seems to be favorable, unfavorable, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word or to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in practice and in teaching. In patience and teaching, that's it. When the scripture says, go and do the same, our spiritual assignment is clear. We're to be good Samaritans. Rendering this kind of assistance whenever and wherever we can. One final thought from Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The first question which the priest and Levi asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the good Samaritan reversed the question. If I don't stop to help this man, what will happen to me? To him. To him. That's very and good. And to, to the Samaritan as well. Well, it says if you do not stop to help, he reversed it. Yeah. If you do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? That's right. That shows us where our heart needs to be. That's exactly right. And something for all of us to think about on a sensational Saturday. There you go. Join us tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern. Eastern. And every morning at 8.30. And until then, the next time, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. Happy anniversary, Ralph and Son. Yes, amen. Amen. Have a great weekend.